Praise news. A letter from Marilyn Carotters. Blessings, not curses. The following principle may be a little difficult to understand, but once understood, it can release us from a multitude of burdens. Remember that old song, Take Your Burdens to the Lord and Leave Them There? Much of the time, our burden is someone with whom we are associated. We want God to change that person. To make them fit in with, it, with us on our plans. But no matter how much we want that transformation, it often does not happen. Here is something we can do. If we release that person to the Lord, we invite him to do the work. In a way, God becomes our agent. But it is often extremely difficult for us to do the releasing part. And sometimes our efforts are half-hearted. God is very clear about what he wants us to do with all of our problems. He says, cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Christ's gift to us is his willingness to carry our burdens. He does not offer to solve the problems that we insist on carrying ourselves. So if we are burdened about someone, it may mean that we are still trying to make changes by our own efforts. This is true whether we love, fear, or dislike the person who has become a problem to us. If our minds keep dwelling upon someone's faults, we may delay those needed changes. We often feel that we are responsible to do something, but if we do not know anything constructive, that we could do, we often resort to our old friend, worry. Every individual in your life is a God-given opportunity. They may seem to be exactly the opposite, but since it is possible, why not permit God to make them a blessing to you? If we feel helpless to change those who irritate us, God has provided us a perfect opportunity to trust him rather than our own resources. So David is a striking example. He didn't know what to do about Saul, so David turned to God to do whatever needed to be done. Although he had sufficient reasons and opportunities to kill Saul, David would not do so. Saul rewarded David's goodness towards him by trying to murder him. Saul sometimes wanted David to be his friend, but within a short time, he would try to kill him. God rewarded David's patience, trust in him, eventually making him the most powerful and influential man in the world. We all have or will have a Saul in our lives. Our Saul may praise us today and hate us tomorrow. We need to remember that God permitted Saul to rule and reign over Israel until David had completed his time of testing. As David was tested, you and I are to be tested. If we fail one test, we will need others and others. God is persistent. He is determined to do whatever is necessary to help us become what he wants us to be. Hebrews 5a says, Though he was a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Like it or not, suffering often helps us to become more like Jesus. You may know who your soul is. If you don't, cheer up. They will come along in due time. 
When they do, don't be discouraged if you struggle with your emotions and with your faith. The more difficult our situation, the greater our victory can be. Jesus was God's ultimate illustration of how he can take every circumstance and every person, make them work for our good. Praise news from Marilyn Carotters. A key to happiness. Faith in God is crucial to our happiness, says Marilyn. Faith supplies an inner peace that needs our deepest meats. Unbelievers clutch at straws in their passion to persuade us that there is no God. But our hearts know better. We are born with inner conviction that there is a supreme being. Therefore, believing in and trusting God gives us inner joy and confidence. God wants us to believe that he will supply every need that we need. But we are plagued by the same temptation that caused Eve to want more than she had. If we are not content with what we have, we are not enjoying the secret that Paul described. He said, he, learn the secret of being content in any and every situation as I have. As we learn contentment, our faith in God increases. When we choose to be unhappy, we face a similar problem to the one Paul had when he chose to persuade, persecute Christians. He believed that he was doing the right thing, but he was hurting himself. There was a voice that said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? You are only hurting yourself. Acts 26, 14. While living in the Garden of Eden, Eve decided to be discontented. And we know what happened. But you and I can decide to be content with our situation. Many times every day we can decide to rejoice regardless of what other thoughts may try to make us unhappy. The more we do this, the greater our joy becomes. We keep learning new reasons to rejoice, while others seem to discover reasons to be unhappy. At one time, I took on the responsibility to do a certain job that needed to be done every day. It wasn't the sort of work I enjoyed, but because I tried to never complain, I was doing my duty every day, but in my heart of hearts, I was thinking, I sure wish I didn't need to do this. One day, the Holy Spirit got my attention and asked me if I thought God wanted me to do the task. What could I say? Of course, he must want me to do it. So why wasn't I enjoying the opportunity to do what he wanted me to do? We may think it is asking too much for us to enjoy doing something we don't enjoy. But now I understand that the task itself was not my problem. The problem was within me without intending to. I had made up my mind that I didn't enjoy my task and had steadfastly stuck to that decision. Why couldn't I work at changing what was within me? 
If I could, I did. Instead of letting my mind wander and not enjoying my labor, I started declaring my gladness that God had. One, giving me the strength to do it. Two, giving me the materials to work with. Three, giving me a spirit that could be guided by his spirit. On and on, I expanded my reasons for being glad. Within days, something new happened in me. I was able to find joy in the work I needed to do. My new success blessed me, and I was clearly aware that God was pleased. I encourage you to think about the tasks that God has arranged in your life. Do you want to find joy in them? At first, the goal may seem too hard to reach, but don't give up. God wants to take everything in our lives and make it work for our good. Enjoy this new challenge. A letter by Marilyn Carotters. Faith is called. Sometimes Jesus said, had confused me. Sometimes what Jesus said had confused me. I kept trying to understand what he meant when he said, I tell you the truth. If you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew seventeen twenty, NIV. I had often prayed for more faith to be able to move mountain-sized problems, but realized that I could not move even one grain of sand. But I knew that Jesus intended for his words to, in some way, help my faith grow. After years of thinking about this verse, a picture appeared in my mind. When I wasn't even thinking about a mustard seed in a garden, I saw a tiny green sprout coming to the surface. I knew it was a mustard seed coming to life. The Holy Spirit had opened my eyes. Jesus was telling me that my tiny amounts of faith could grow and keep on growing. Like a mustard seed, it could become stronger, more useful, and keeping revealing and keep revealing the power that God has given it. All I need to do was to keep using it. Even when my faith seemed to be buried in the ground and useless, I could believe that in due time it will peek out of the ground where even I could see that it was alive and growing. If Jesus had said, if you have faith as a grain of sand, that would also have represented a small amount of faith. But I suddenly realized that there is a big difference between a grain of sand and a grain of mustard seed. Sand, sand doesn't grow in size. A mustard seed can grow. Year after year, it can increase in size and even become a tree. Have you ever felt helpless or even hopeless when facing severe problems? You may have felt that you had to find practical ways to solve your problems. But sometimes our own efforts do not accomplish anything. So what do we do? 
Cry? Try harder? Scream? Get mad? What? I could help my faith to grow by studying what Jesus did with his faith. I could think about the tiny faith his disciples had. They had almost no faith, but they eventually learned to work many miracles. How long would it take before I could learn how to let Jesus' faith work in me? That doesn't matter. My purpose and yours is to learn how to let Jesus' faith grow in us. We face a powerful enemy who fears nothing but our faith in Jesus. Even though he was sinless, Jesus had to increase in wisdom and stature. So Christ was able to prove that Satan can be defeated. You and I take much longer to learn anything, but we can learn and grow. Our faith can grow and grow if we will permit the Holy Spirit to help us. One step or half a step at a time, one grain of faith at a time, God, God's almighty power and perfect love are watching for opportunities to help us. If you ever feel discouraged about a problem, don't feel that there is no solution or that you are too unimportant for God to work a miracle for you. We are all helpless. That's why Jesus came to help us. Even if you are the worst failure you have ever known, God has planted a mustard seed-sized faith in you. Believe that he will help you. Don't expect instant answers. Just keep believing. Your trust in him will cause your faith to grow and grow until the miracle of its power will do what you cannot do for yourself. God has proven this to me over and over. I tried the best I know how to explain this in my books, but I keep searching for new ways to help all Christians to grow in faith. Remember, if you ever feel discouraged about a problem, don't feel that there's no solution or that you're too unimportant for God to work a miracle in you. We are all helpless. That's why Jesus came to help us. Even if you are the worst failure you have ever known, God has planted a mustard seed-sized faith in you. Believe that he will help you. Don't expect instant answers. Just keep believing. Your trust in him will cause your faith to grow and grow and grow until the miracle of his power will do what you cannot do for yourself. God has proven this to me over and over. I tried the best. I know how to explain this in my books, but I keep searching for new ways to help all Christians to grow and grow in faith and grow.